Hey, what's going on, man? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Do I sound all right? Yeah, you sound good. Sorry about that. I don't know. This I'm still working out the kinks with this app. All good, man. How's everything going? How's uh how's life with the in these corona times? Uh very strange, man. So the radio stations I'm programming up and or down. I keep I keep forgetting I'm down in Derry and down south. Um in Brunswick now. Um, we just got back to the office last Monday, so just over a week now, you know, about seven days worth of, uh, you know, days in the office. And we're not open to the public, but we just wanted to get back to the the office feel and get some kind of normalcy going on. The the doors aren't open for, for public, but, um, you know, for a while doing the show and, and my radio stuff from my, my room and, and the house is, is just strange and ready for things to get back to semi kind of normal, but what's that even going to be? Nobody really knows, right? That, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to figure out what the, there's going to be a new normal, a new normalcy that, you know, uh, at, at work, they're mandatory and are asking for us to wear, uh, our, our mask for mandatory. And, and, yeah. Um, it's just, it's a whole new thing that nobody's really experienced before. Crazy, um, man. Crazy stuff. It is. It is. Um, first of all, how, uh, uh, how's how's the new gig down? Can you explain to me what you're doing down there in uh, Darien or Brunswick area? So yeah, the radio station cluster that I'm programming in Brunswick. As you might know, I mean, I know I, I met you through when I when I was on Savannah Radio G100 and uh-huh. uh, left there in God January of 2016. Uh, feels like no, sorry, 27, 2018. God, feels like forever ago. <laughs> um, Ended up uh, hanging out there for a minute, and then this great opportunity came along to program, which is, by the way, when you're in radio, to program a radio station is kind of the, for me anyway, the, the main goal and the mecca of, of all jobs. And uh, I got the opportunity uh, with Gold, with Golden Isles Broadcasting. It's three radio stations here in Brunswick and uh, a country station. Got a station called Magic One Hundred Five Point Nine, which is a uh, adult contemporary, and then we have a uh, classic hits called Ninety Two Seven SSI, which I do the morning show on. And okay. honestly, it's it's a uh, my my year anniversary happened during the stupid quarantine and being away from home. But April eighth was a year here, and I can't be happier. I mean, the people I work with are amazing. The the bosses that I have, the owners are incredible, and love just good local radio. And I just. I cannot be uh, any more happy than I am where I'm at right now. So I'm really blessed to have landed where I'm at. So and I didn't have to go. I didn't have to go very far, which is really <laughs> nice for the family and the, and the kids. So because mm-hmm. I think you were living in uh, Richmond Hill, right? Yeah, was doing the Richmond Hill thing. Met some really great people there, and still, you know, going to have lifelong friends with them. Uh, with with there, but yeah, it's Darien is a whole different. Like the only time I, if you're not familiar with Darien, it's like 45 minutes south from where I was in Richmond Hill. And the only time I'd ever been here before was to come to B&J's Steak and Seafood for the, mm-hmm. uh, the crab legs. And my wife loved it. And That's I would have right. never, would have never in a million years, if you told me I'd be living here now, you would have been out of your mind. But here we are in Derry, and I live about 15 minutes away from Brunswick where the radio stations are. And it's nice and quiet, and it's awesome. And like I said, we love it. So it's all That's good. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. It's always a good thing when you love what you do. Yes, sir. Sure is. So, uh, just out of curiosity, how long have you been in radio? I got involved in radio when I was, I used to hang out at my, my hometown radio station in Vineland, New Jersey. I used to go there. 
uh, and hang out when I was 11 years old. And that only happened because I would call this radio, this radio DJ at night. He was the night guy's name was Doug Parks. And I mm-hmm. thought he was the coolest dude and he had the deep voice and, you know, everything you, you, you think about when you hear of a, a disc jockey. And mm-hmm. I would call him, I would call him religiously every single night and want to, you know, introduce a song on the radio or I'd want to just request a song. And he let me guess DJ, but I called him so much that one night when I called, he's like, Hey man, listen, why don't you stop bothering me and come in and help <laughs> us out? And I was like, what, what do you mean? You want to stop bothering you, but come help you out. So yeah, he was serious. He, he uh he he's let me come in and be his intern and I, I would pull at the time we were playing the music was on carts like eight track tapes but they are four tracks mm-hmm. all the commercials were on four tracks but i was in like heaven my radio my radio station that i just grew up listening to all the time and it was larger than life to me and i was in the building and hanging out with them and and uh that's how my love for radio began you know i was one of those guys who was sitting in front of my radio recording you know songs on my tape player and making sure they'd stop when the song was over and so i get the whole thing and but yeah i, I grew up just adoring radio and i and when i got to hang out at 11 years old at the radio station all the time like i just i knew that's what i'd end up doing i i i am so like you said when you love what you do it's an amazing blessing and not everybody gets to do that but i knew at a young age what i wanted to do and i've ended up doing it so it's pretty and then on top of other things too but i love I love the path that, that that I've that I've gone down. That's awesome, man. I love to hear that. Um, first, I, I was so excited to get this going. I've skipped over my intro. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, all right. Yeah, this is uh, episode five of the podcast, man. I'm I'm so so thankful to have you on today. You want to introduce yourself for the people? Yeah, my name is Mark the Shark Edis. Uh, shark is the radio name I've used since I don't know how long it's been what I've used forever. And, uh, when I got to Savannah, uh, when I was working at G 100, um, really just came into, uh, becoming a big part of the community there. Unfortunately, you know, radio things happened and I was, I was laid off, but, um, I was able to build a relationship with the community in other ways too, with the Savannah bananas, you know, been with them for the first four years of their existence coming back for another year. But, um, met some incredible people in Savannah and really happy to be in, in Georgia here. We, we just love it here. My family, my wife, and my kids, we just, we adore it. So, um, you mentioned the Savannah bananas. How did that whole collaboration come about? How did they approach you about being the uh, PA announcer? Well, they, they didn't approach me exactly. So when I got to town in September of 15, I found out that, well, let me backtrack real quick. So when I found out I was coming to Savannah, when I, when I knew I got the radio gig in Savannah, I, I knew that they had a uh, a minor league baseball team there and i just you know i had done pa for the teams in california where i worked in radio early in my career and it's just something i have a lot of passion about i love baseball it's my favorite sport but to be able to announce it that's really one of my loves as well but when i got here i found out that the sand nats were leaving town and i was like well that totally sucks because i was ready to just go over and <laughs> i didn't i knew they all i knew they probably had somebody who'd been, who'd been doing it but i was at least going to throw my hat in the ring and be like i need to be a part of this and all that and when I found out they weren't going to be around, I was really bummed out. Uh, mm-hmm. but then, lo and behold, a, a Facebook page was created called Savannah Baseball 2016. And we found out that there was some kind of team that was going to come over and take you know their place in Grayson Stadium. Nobody knew anything about what the team was, what the league was. But I messaged this Facebook page. Like I said, I had no idea <clears throat> Excuse me, who was behind the page. I just knew it was there and they were coming and there was – 
some kind of an announcement that was going to be made in the near future. But I Facebook messaged these people, whoever they were, just like crazy every single day, you know, explained who I was. Hey, I'm Shark. I'm on G100. Or at the time, it was Y100 before we switched. Uh-huh. But I was like, I, I love baseball. I just got here. I've got plenty of public address announcer experience. I need to be your guy, yada, yada, yada. Uh, two or three weeks went by. never heard anything back. And then they posted a website, Savannah Baseball 2016, got an email address off of that, did the same thing, just kept spamming them and spamming them. Just, I need to be a part of whatever this is going to be. And uh, a couple, I want to say a couple weeks later, they did the event at the uh, at the waterfront where they were announcing, you know, what was happening. This is before the bananas were named the bananas, of course. But yeah, uh, I ended up getting Jesse Cole, who was the, uh, one of the co-owners of the bananas, said, all right, come on in for an audition. So they brought me up and this is before still before the team was named, uh, brought me up. And if you've ever been to Grayson stadium, there's this really ganky looking crosswalk. You have to cross <laughs> to get to the press box. I'm a big boy. I thought real hard before I stepped across <laughs> to the press box. I was like, Hey man, is this thing going to hold me? And I finally did it. I, I went and it was cool. So I get in the box and he's like, all right, you gave me, he gave me like four scripts to read some uh some promotion stuff and so i read them and i was my energetic self and it was just a lot of fun and then for some strange and they had the people that were working in the stands the people who worked for the bananas at the time or the the baseball team at the time just hanging out in the stands and listening to my audition for for whatever reason i don't know why i didn't didn't plan it but i decided i was gonna sing something (laughs) at at the end of my audition so i sang wanted dead or alive acapella by bon jovi (laughs) <laughs> I did like I did a verse and a chorus and then I stopped. I was like, Hey, thanks for having me. Jesse was you know, Jesse came back up, met me at the at the door and said, Well, awesome job, nice work and I walked out and um about a day and a half later he said, You're our guy and nobody <laughs> else auditioned. Um I didn't let anybody else audition for that gig. And they wouldn't have gotten it anyway, but I didn't let anybody else audition. <laughs> so uh and then the bananas came to be the bananas and the rest is history, man. It's been um it, it, I, I'd be lying if I, I can't even explain how much how much fun it's been um, from the time where people hated the name when it was named Bananas and you're like, what are you doing with a team called the Savannah Bananas? What a joke. What a joke. But it's such, as you know, I mean, you've been to your share of games. It's just such an experience and I am so happy to be coming back and we'll talk about what almost happened there too. But yeah. Uh, that leads me into my next question. What's it like working for Jesse Cole and, and that, that franchise of the Savannah Bananas? So the first the first year, um, so I'm a baseball purist, right? Like I've, I've always been a fan of the, of the game. I love the game. I know it's boring mm-hmm. and slow and it has its moments where you're like, all right, you, want, you know, it's like pulling teeth. But I love the game as it is, as it is played. So getting the PA job for the Bananas and having Jesse explain to me, you know, listen, I need – I need some kind of sound happening every pitch, every no matter who's batting, whether it's the home team, whether it's us, or whether it's the visiting team. I need some kind of something coming out of the speakers at all times. And I was like, well, I know usually just play like the dun, 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 like the, the organ mm-hmm. sounds and the pumped up song sounds. You know, that's usually just for the home team. Like, I don't know if I want to pump up the visiting team. So, yeah. so that was very, very weird for me at first. But then, you know, I've never heard of a visiting team having walk-up songs. And I was like, well, I'm going to do that too. But, <laughs> but you know, as the season went on, I, I kind of got to understand, you know, we, we're kind of in the spot where 
we know people have the same thing, the same thoughts in their head about baseball being a slow game, especially if you have kids. Kids can't keep focus for longer than, I mean, my nine-year-old loses focus in 10 minutes, if, and that's kind of being generous. I know that's right. So, yeah, I mean, you got a little guy. So mm-hmm. I think um, the more the more that we, you know, every game was just different in, in season one where I, I kind of got into a groove and I knew what he was talking about. I didn't understand. I didn't like it per se, but I got it. And then it just became one of those things where my job as the PA announcer and the music coordinator, that's a fancy name for, I'm just the DJ too. I'm in charge of everything you hear in that ballpark, yeah. which is awesome to think about. And it's a lot of responsibility and I take a lot of pride in it. But um, yeah, so my job is to, to make sure there's some kind of music clip happening or a funny saying or very randomly, you'll hear me play fat guy and little coat from Tommy Boy yeah. for absolutely <laughs> no reason whatsoever. And I think one of the coolest things that's ever happened is one one day I was I was playing something I don't know what the clip was, but the batter after the pitch was thrown heard my sound effect. I really wish I remember what it was, but the batter looked up at me and smiled. He was a visiting player, so that <laughs> told me all I needed to know that they were. And he just it was a big smile, dude. Like I I thought I thought it was the coolest thing just because a lot of the guys that were from the visiting teams didn't really get what the bananas were all about at first. They were like, this is a joke. And yeah. then they came to realize, no, this is, this is what should be the new normal for baseball. Nothing but fun. Lots of stuff happening in between. It's, it's the, it's the adage that I keep hearing people say you're at a baseball game and a circus break, or sorry, you're at the circus, but a baseball game breaks out. That's kind of a banana <laughs> game. Not and, and that's what I love about the, but going, taking my son to the bananas game, man, it's just, it, it, it's it, it, it's very unique. Um, you got baseball and you got – it walks a fine line of, of – it's still true to the game, but it provides entertainment that you can't beat. I mean, you could you, you could take your kids or anybody to the game and just have a great time. And um, I remember – and it's really amazing what they did their first year when in the, CP, the, uh, the championship. Yeah, the CPL championship season, yeah. the first season. I mean, you couldn't have scripted that any better. That was uh, – the only thing I the only thing I disliked about it is that the championship the – clinching, the clinching game was on the road. It would have been great at Grayson, but – Right. But yeah, I watched that game. Oh yeah, we were, yeah, we, were, we were glued to the to the stream watching it, and then when they won, like it was just just to be a, a small part of that man. It was great. Um, to your point about the entertainment at, at the game, you know, it's like one of those deals where, yeah, there's there's definitely a game going on in the background, but our job is to fill the time in between innings, and we fill them in some really super creative ways. And and the reason they the reason the league. Uh, the re- the reason the bananas have been successful in the league and the league itself too the the play the quality of play in the coastal plain league is I think better than people expected so when people were up in arms about the Savannah Bananas summer collegiate team coming to town like a bunch of college kids you know first time using a wooden bat but the quality of play is is pretty damn good for, for what it, it is. is we've had you know the bananas as a team has had uh, I want to say 12 players drafted since we've been, you know, in the league. Uh, the mm-hmm. highest drafted player we had was Jamison Hanna. He went 50th overall to the Oakland A's. He's since been traded to the Cincinnati Reds. But uh, the, the the people that have the players that we've had come through and just the, the, this will be our fifth season coming up. Um, the talent is so amazing. And the kids are, you know, the kids are being scouted. As I said, we've had some kids drafted, but there's there's real deal talent in the Coastal Plain League all over. And Savannah has been lucky to have uh, a good amount of, uh, of solid players and teams. And 
um, our, our coaches that we've had, you know, Sean West, the first couple, and, and Tyler Gillum, who is one of the nicest human beings on earth, but one of the best coaches I've ever seen uh, do what he does. He is such a great motivator and a, and a coach and a talent evaluator and all of that. So um, just the whole situation since since the Bananas have been here has been great. Working for Jesse, though, back to your original question way back a while ago before I rambled on, <laughs> um, he expects greatness every night. Like, I think that's a that's a good quality for a leader to have. I mean, that's that's what I mean. You go to you go to a job to do the best you can every single time you do it, especially when you're in this kind of work. Um, his mm-hmm. job is to put on a show every night. His his desire is to make sure everybody leaves with, holy crap, I can't believe I just saw that at a baseball game. And uh, yeah, so I mean, if if you if you do if you do what you're supposed to do and you give your all, and you know, fans first, entertain always. That's the mantra of fans first entertainment. But if you do what you're supposed to do, and if you put hard work into it, um, he's gonna love you for it. And if you if you're slacking off, you know, you're gonna hear about that too. And I, the first year we butted heads a little bit because I didn't get the whole you know play something. I don't want any dead air. Da 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 da. So we. We definitely had moments in the first year where I was like, listen, man, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. I'm going to go ahead. But I learned real quick that it was that way. And once I came to do that and really buy into what he was doing, it was great. So uh, working for him, absolutely great. The whole squad over there, the whole team, Jared Orton, uh, Barry Aldridge is great. Everybody's really great. And they're good to their people, which is important. Yeah, they definitely have a a family vibe. Uh, I've met jesse uh i think once or twice you know visiting the park and um they just seem like good good wholesome people and they look they seem like from the outside that they treat their employees like family they do they absolutely Um, do a little fun fact uh the first bananas game i went to with my son we caught not one but two foul balls no way (laughs) yeah that was his uh his his shining moment he was so happy about it we still have them uh, I took him the following game, I think maybe two weeks later, and he got one of the balls signed by some of the players. And then last year, I think I told you, we, he got the Yale play ball. Um, that is for one of the games. That's fantastic. Yeah, you know, you just brought up a great point, the uh, the players, right? So, yeah, they got to be, uh, you know, obviously the, the coaches really get good players from, from really big schools that come here and play with us. But the fact that they buy into the – the fans first mantra they're into the dance and you know we do crazy stuff this is stuff you don't expect to see at a baseball game right the first base coach dancing during the game during the inning (laughs) with runners on first and second or loaded whatever the case may be um so these guys that come in that have that have all their lives played you know college ball and baseball growing up the 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 pure baseball that that we you know that that we know um and then they come here and are you know dancing at first base or, or dancing in between innings and watching the third base coach with uh, cowboy boots on coaching third and, 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 and Maceo, you know, dancing at first base and before him, Darius, like it's just such a, it's such a cool thing for these kids to buy in what we did. And they really have. And I'll just give you a little bit of a, you know, getting into this season coming up, which again has been delayed because of this whole COVID thing uh, starts up mm. July 1st, but I actually talked to coach Gillum today and, uh, and, and I've, I've known this before, but, since we've started, since the bananas has started, and since it's become such a big deal, um, coach said he has over a thousand people that have reached out for him since you know early in the uh, early in the year before all this happened. Obviously, just reaching out, wanting to be a part of the bananas. It's amazing. Everybody wants to play here, and that's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's pretty it's pretty amazing that you know obviously 
great town to come and, and spend a summer in for sure in Savannah. And then the mm-hmm. vibe at the ballpark. A lot of these kids have only played in front of 400, 500 kids. Now you're talking about playing in front of every night, 4,000 people, no matter what day of the week it is, which is incredible to me. And this I was, I was about to say that the um the amount of people that show up for these games, there's not an empty seat in the house every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, throughout the whole week. It's, it's sold out. And um, it's really good to see because, uh, you you know, you weren't here, but I know you heard the stories of, of the Sandnets, and they're, you know, lucky to have five people in the stands. Yeah, the, the um, things that I've heard were the only time there were a decent amount of people in the stands was when it was like Thirsty Thursday for beer nights, cheap beers. Yeah. And listen yeah. – all about getting a good deal on a beer and all that. But you had a team that was a, a legitimate, you know, minor league affiliate for the New York Mets. You had really big time players come through the system and play at Grayson Stadium and nobody came to watch them. So, no, I'm not surprised they ended up leaving town. But all it takes is a team that cares. It took people that cared, Jesse and Emily and Jared and the whole crew over there. They care about the fans. They want to make sure the fans are taken care of and they're not nickel and diming you for food and drink. And that's, I mean, obviously another big reason that the bananas have been successful, right? They take care of their, their fans. They take care of their, their customers and it's, it's not a money grab, right? So, you know, you come in, you pay one price and you get all you can eat soda, hot dogs, cheeseburgers. It's just, I don't know what's better. And you get a night full of entertainment. I mean, that's why that the bananas are successful. That's why Jesse and Emily and the crew, um, have have become so family oriented they know what it takes you got to make sure you take care of the people that end up taking care of you and coming out and you're paying them with a great night of entertainment and and baseball but but stuff that's always happening there's never a boring thing or there's never a boring second in that ballpark once the uh once the gates open and i i take a lot of pride in knowing that we're, we're putting on a good show every single night i couldn't agree with you more man they um the bananas are, are definitely something that we're thankful to have in Savannah. Um, you spoke on it a little bit um, since, with you being from out of town or a different state. What are some of the things around the t- city is, or what made you fall in love with the city of Savannah? Man, so I'm from Philadelphia originally. Well, I, I claim Philly, but South Jersey right over the bridge uh, from Philly. I grew, I, I grew up in South Jersey. And, um, you know, I would say this when I got, Early in my radio career, I got hired to do, uh, actually, it's my second radio job. I got in 1997. I was only 20 years old. Holy mackerel. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I got hired to be in Charleston, South Carolina. So as a 20-year-old, um, and, and going to Charleston, working in a, a four or five college town, whatever it was, super, super amazing. And coming to the South for the first time, I was in Louisiana was my first radio job, and then I went to Charleston. But um after Charleston, I was there a year and a half. I ended up going to California for three years. And I always said, if I ever got a chance and I knew it would eventually happen in radio, cause it just, that's just the nature of the beast in radio where you end up getting fired and have to leave and travel all over. Uh, I always said, if I had the mm-hmm. chance to go back South, I wanted to, cause I just fell in love with the people, the food, all of it. I mean, it was just, it's such the whole package deal. So then Savannah came calling and uh, sitting in my home in Jersey out of work again. And, Savannah called and it was kind of a no brainer to, to accept the job at, 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 at the time it was alpha media. And then they turned into Dick broadcasting who fired <laughs> me. But anyway, I mean, laid me off, whatever you want to say, whatever makes, whatever makes me yeah. feel better about that situation. But Savannah <laughs> was a place I always wanted to visit. And, uh, you know, like I said, when, when Savannah called and my wife and I kind of talked it over and it was 
it was a really great opportunity and it was a really great place to come. And, uh, from the, from the day we, we drove in, uh, before I officially moved here, we came down looking for places to live, of course. And first night we were in town, went down to river street cause we had heard all about river street and Adam Sandler happened to be in town filming a movie. And literally the first night we were in town on river street, we met Adam Sandler with my son and, and my wife. So that was just, it, it, you know, it couldn't have set up any better. We just, Yes, so you can't no, beat that I mean, you know come to a new town but you know the scenery the people it's just so beautiful and and uh you know look and then looking forward with everything that's happened since you know the, the you know getting the bananas gig and being a part of that awesome experience and people i've met through radio and the different community leaders and just i i you know like i said i i i've said it a couple times but i love where i'm at and i'm super grateful that um you know, in particular, the job down here in Darien that I didn't have to leave or the job in Brunswick, but living in Darien didn't have to leave the area. You know, I went 40 minutes south and it's, it, you know, can't beat it. We're, we're so happy to be here. But yeah, Savannah, Savannah was um, was definitely a blessing. Absolutely. Um, out of all of the radio gigs that you've had so far, which one has been your favorite and most memorable and why? Really good question, man. Uh, that's a hard question. So. I had a really good, um, really great experience. Like, like I said, I mean, gosh, that's a really tough. God darn it, man. I, Listen, we, we have some totally around here. Um, <laughs> each, each stop for me has had um, good and bad. Uh, my, my very first radio job, I was burnt out like crazy in Louisiana. I lived in a little podunk town, podunk town called Alexandria. It's like two hours away from Lafayette and, Hated my boss there. It was my first radio job, so I could have easily gotten burnt out. But uh, I would I would say I had a really good time in Stockton, California. That's where I got my first PA gig working for the Stockton Ports. They were a minor league team for the Milwaukee Brewers. So that holds a place in my heart just because that's where the first time I was introduced to being, you know, a single A minor league, you know, ballpark announcer. That's where I really came into my own and, and really loved what I was doing there. Um, but again, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to poo poo this, but Savannah was and even, even, before, you know, even after I, I got laid off after three years of being in, in Savannah, it was, uh, Savannah was my, where I made my closest relationships. It's where I've, um, it's where I've made my, my bones as a, as a personality. And it was where, you know, Savannah, when I was at G100, um, you know, I won the, the Georgia personality of the year award, um, for the Georgia Association of Broadcasters, which is super special and a big honor. Wow, yeah, I mean, that. that was that was one of the biggest honors of my life. And coincidentally, the night I won that award, the people I'm working for now were, you know, the awards were ha- happened to be there in Atlanta uh, this coming year and last year. But this pa- this year that I won happened to be in on Jekyll Island. And the group that I'm the group oh, that I'm wow. working for now saw me that night, saw how emotional I was because I was crying like a baby when I won, and so did Mia. Mia is one of my biggest, if you don't know Mia Mance, who's uh, on G100. She is uh, one of the sweetest women ever, and she was my boss at, at G, and um, we had such a tight relationship, worked hard together, did great things at the radio station, and uh, she and I both cried our eyes out up on stage, accepting our awards for the station, and, and when I won the Georgia Personality of the Year thing, and Luckily, the people I work with now and the, and the people I work for now, rather, were in attendance and saw um, the, the group of people that were at our table from my former radio station, how excited they were for us. Uh, that, that showed them a lot. You know, I'm, 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 I'm going to toot my own horn for a second. I'm a very hard worker. I love radio. <laughs> 
I put my heart and soul into it. It's all I've ever known. Um, I did it, you know, like I said, I was introduced to it at a very young age. So uh, to be recognized by my peers and, and, and such, and for them to be so excited about uh, me winning that award, I guess that showed something to the owners that were, you know, that I currently work for. And that's incredible to me. Um, yeah, they like my talent. They know I can do what they ask me and what they need me to do, but they appreciated the reactions of my coworkers and how happy they were for me and for us. And uh, I can't say thank you enough to them. I mean, cause that's, that was a great experience. Something I'll never, ever forget. That's awesome, thank man. You. Congratulations. I didn't thank know you, you very much. That award. That's, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a great honor. Um, I was just curious, you posted a bunch of pictures yeah. on your Facebook doing, you know, doing yeah. Facebook creeping. Um, you posted pictures about some of the people you've met back in the day. Who are the most, you know, exciting names that you've met? And do you have any, uh, you know, unique stories that they've, you know, you've had, well, my, uh, my funniest story. Well, I've got two funny stories. First one will be my very first radio job, Alexandria, Louisiana. We were giving away. You remember the group all for one, right? I swear I can love you like right, that. that right. A bunch of hits. So we were giving away. We were giving uh-huh. away tickets and, and hosting a show that they were doing. And remember, in 1995, I mean, they were pretty large at that time. That was right when I swear was out. I can love you like that. I mean, they were pretty, pretty big at that time. So it was my job. Uh, this this show was at a little college, by the way. It was in uh, Natchitoches, Louisiana. Uh, it was my job to mm-hmm. pick up all for one from their hotel and drive them to the venue. I was 18 years old. I was was I? I don't think I was. Eight, yeah, I was 18. But the kicker is I'm picking them up in my mom and dad's because I drove down there. They gave me their car to take to this job I took for the first gig out of high school. Moved from Philly to Louisiana. I picked up all for one in my mom and dad's 90, whatever it was, 93 Crown Victor, 87. Sorry, it's an 87 Crown Vic. And in Louisiana, it's super hot. This was a super hot day. The air conditioning in the Crown Vic did not work. So here I go. Here I go oh, picking God. up all for one in the Crown Vic. They all squeezed in, put their luggage in the back and squeezed in the car. AC doesn't work. So I got a half hour ride with AC not working and all for one in the car. And uh, they couldn't have been nicer, man. They didn't give me any crap about it. They were just, you know, thanks for the ride, yada, yada, yada. And they could have been totally like, holy crap, dude, you pick me up in a piece of crap car and the AC doesn't work? Really? But so that was that was super That's, memorable. And then there's a this is a group nobody probably even knows, but they're called Safety Suit. They're a uh, an alt rock, uh, pop rock group. Uh, they're they're not doing anything now. But a few years back, they're in Wilmington, Delaware, playing the uh, University of Delaware. And once again, I get to go up and I get to interview them. And uh, so they introduce you know we go do our thing, and then we're heading down. They're they're coming off stage. I'm going downstairs into their dressing room to interview them and get some pictures and all that good stuff. And on the way downstairs, uh, let's just, and I'm going to let you guess what happens when I explain the, you know, what's going on, but to get down to their dressing room, there is a flight of probably 30 concrete steps. What do you think happens as I lead the way down? Uh, I got the guess. You, I you took, took a, a 30 fall. step fall on concrete <laughs> steps and i swore oh, i was going to die when i reached the bottom i i, oh, I could imagine i, that I got like to the bottom and all i can hear is all the guys in safety suits saying can i curse on this thing or no okay all yeah, i heard yeah, is i was rolling down the steps trying for, to not help have my neck snap on one of the stairs was oh fuck it's like 
all four of them at once as I took the first tumble down the stairs. But long story short, I get down to the stairs. I finally stop. I kind of lay there for a second. I realized I was not dead, which was amazing to me because I probably weighed then about a hundred pounds more than I do now, which is, you know, not, it's not a little, I'm not a little boy. Uh, I thought I was a goner. And then I woke, I finally got to the bottom. I, I you know, everything finished, you know, cause when you're doing that, everything goes in slow motion. I, I realized I wasn't uh-huh. dead. They run down and it's like, dude, are you okay? What's up? Are you all right? You all right? I was like, I think so. And then I tried to stand up and I stumbled back. I think the only thing I did was broke my big toe on my right foot, which is fucking amazing to me. <laughs> that is, that's, that's, yeah. You well, really and, and the, reason that, the reason it was, remember I said everything when you're doing, when something tra- something weird like that happens, I say weird, it's friggin' tragic. Like I could have been bad. Um, my, I'm trying to remember if my wife was, my wife was either still pregnant about to have Ben or we had already had him, but he was real young and like, I can't die falling, falling down a freaking flight of steps and not get to hang out with my son some more. Like that would have sucked so bad, but we, we finished, we got some pictures taken. Uh, they, they helped me back to my radio station vehicle. I drove home. I called my wife. I was like, I'm all right, but here's what happened. And she was freaking out, but that was one of the craziest things. So I, those guys will always have, this big white guy rolling down some stairs in their head is it? I'm probably on their most embarrassing stories too, which is nice. Um, coolest guy, coolest guy I've ever. You're a sports guy, right? So we were right. backstage. This is when I was out in California. This is the coolest thing that pissed me off, and I'll explain what I mean. We're backstage. Uh, me and my coworker were backstage at a Janet Jackson show in Oakland. We're in San Jose. Yeah, we're in Oakland. And we're backstage waiting to get our picture taken with Janet Jackson, who in 19, you know, this is 1998. She's still pretty, you know, she's, she's probably the biggest name star I've ever met. But so we're in Oakland, we're that we're backstage. Mm -hmm. We're waiting for Janet to, we're waiting for the record rep. People say, Hey, come on over, get your picture. We get our picture with Janet Jackson. She couldn't have been nicer. She looked beautiful. All that good stuff. But as we're walking out, I look to my left and we were like a couple of the last, like the last five or six people to get our picture taken. We were in the back of the line. As we're walking out, as we're being ushered out back to our seats, back to the main area in the in the arena, I look to my left and I and I see this this giant man that I absolutely know who he is. And I was like, Hey, can I I asked my record rep who took the picture for us. This is before we have our own cell phones to take pictures with. Had the actual yeah. big camera they took pictures with for us. So I asked the guy, I was like, Can I get please get a picture? Can I please get a picture with me? with this guy and I'll tell you who is in a second. He said, sorry, sir, sorry, buddy. This is only for, this is only for the Janet meet and greet. It was, it was Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds was Mm-mm. with his wife and his kid. And I was, I went up, I shook his hand. I shook Barry Bonds hand. And I was, I'm a big, listen, I've met a ton of, a ton of musical artists. I've met a ton of them. Athletes are a whole different breed for me. And being in front of Barry Bonds mm-hmm. and not being able to, I mean, I, I shook his hand, so that's cool. It's, it's something I'll always remember. To not have a picture with him still makes me a little mad to this day, but I get it. I understood it. But So that was cool. Um, that was really cool for me. Coolest experience I've had with, a, with, a, with, a, with an artist, I'd say hanging out at MC Hammer's house when I was in California. That was cool. He, he uh, breaking news, not broke. Totally fine on money. Totally fine on money. He is. Uh, he's doing all right. But I got two go two quick questions for you. Was that pre or post steroids for Barry Bonds? And the second one, 
uh, where y'all hanging out in Hammer Pants or MC I'm Hammer's having, uh, uh, pants. MC Hammer Pants on right now, and Barry Bonds was absolutely <laughs> on steroids, and I couldn't care less about it, dude. I, I, I could not care less about it. Not, no, listen, I'm being honest, and this, this, uh, this is a really hot button issue for me. I'm glad you brought this up. I don't, I don't condone kids mm-hmm. to take steroids. I don't think it's the right thing to do, but I also think everybody was doing it in that era. You're talking about Sosa and Bonds and Bagwell and McGuire and McGuire. Um, you still have to hit the mm-hmm. baseball. You still have to do the hand-eye coordination. Right. Is still a thing, right? Like I said, I don't condone it. To me, the steroid era, I, I, I don't, I don't take anything away. Um, Bonds should absolutely be in the Hall of Fame, no question. Sosa, whatever they, I that was such the most one of the most memorable summers of my life watching Sosa and McGuire go at the home run chase. Like I don't, I don't even think about that anymore as an asterisk. Or I just remember how amazing watching how how amazing it was to be appointment TV when that race was happening. So steroids to me, I don't even whatever. It's, it's I mean yes, it's not good to do, but. I, I think everybody was doing it, and these guys just happened to get caught. So I don't. I mean, I, I agree with you. Barry Bonds still broke Hank Aaron's home run record. I mean, I mean, like you said, the, it, steroids doesn't really. The steroids the thing is to get healthy so. quicker. I, I get that. That's probably a you know not a. Again, I'm not saying it's a good thing to do. I'm mm-hmm. saying when I'm I'm saying when people throw, mm-hmm. you know, well these numbers shouldn't count because he was on steroids. I, I don't I don't pay any attention to that because I think there were a ton of people. Uh, that were doing it at the same time. And, and I think it's widely known that there were. Um, it, I don't think it's the taboo thing that, that everybody thinks it is. That's you know, that's my opinion on it. But uh, I, I mean, listen, if I'm talking about millions of dollars, I might shoot me up a little needle <laughs> of some steroids Got to keep myself. getting paid. Yeah, I mean, listen, <laughs> you're keeping up, you're you keeping up keep with the Joneses, paid. and that's the bottom line. And that, in that era, you know, everybody was getting paid big money. And, yeah, I mean, Barry Bonds, I, I, I can't for the life of me, understand how he won't get in the Hall of Fame. That's sad to me. I, I agree. I, I mean, him and, all right, well, uh, with, with that being said, put, what's your opinion that, on Pete Rose? Nope, put that uh, man in the Hall, continues. man. Best hitter, best hitter to ever live, well, with Ted you. Williams. Ted Williams first and Pete Rose and everybody else afterwards. Um I mean, so what? He gambled a little money on nope, some baseball. I, I mean, that doesn't... He didn't. He didn't. That doesn't affect his, no. uh, you know, I, his stats. I know people say that you know. Well, career. what if he better against his own team to lose when he was managing, and you know, did some things to make it. Well, you know, no, sucks. That that absolutely sucks. The fact that that man put. Look at the numbers. Look at those hit totals. Look at the. I mean, God, some of the. Uh, I, yeah, this is. I love. I love talking about this because you should absolutely. He should absolutely be in the Hall mm-hmm. of Fame. It's never what's sad is it's probably not going to happen, but he definitely should be in there. I agree with you. Um, so base they just announced, I think yesterday or the day before, that baseball is coming back professionally uh, at the beginning of July with a shortened eighty-two game season. I think with the majority of yeah, maybe with uh, the majority of the games being played in their uh, like in the Braves would be playing mainly yeah. NL East teams. Um, my opinion is the East is so it's just up and down the whole coast. There's still a lot of travel. You're not cutting down too much yeah. on traveling, but um, I can see where they're trying to 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 you know. Help I think with the I think of what the players. yeah. So the the uh, the players association has or the owners have presented a a, a deal 
the players have to accept it. And the players, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to accept the, the prorated salaries. I, I don't know whether I, I still haven't figured out as, as a baseball fan, obviously I would love for them to come back. I want them to come back, but this, this whole COVID thing is thrown a wrench into so many things. And, you know, Mike Trout is the one that everybody uses the example of his wife is pregnant. She's going to have her son or their baby. Yeah. I don't know if they announced whether it was a boy or girl or not, but she's going to be due, I think two months into mm. whatever season would be or a month and a half, something real, real close to when they'd start. So if Mike, you know, Mike Trout's obviously not going to miss the birth of his first child, nor should he. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Selfishly. Yes. I want baseball to come back. I'm a Phillies fan. Yeah. Braves are good. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but I, I, you know, the, the adult grown up responsible me says it's not worth it to risk people getting hurt. The fans obviously wouldn't be in the tenants to be a, a fanless thing, but I, I, I don't know. I, I want sports to come back in a bad way if for nothing else to, to show there's hope to get over this whole COVID thing. But at the same time, you know, I can't, I'm probably one of the few that can't, couldn't, wouldn't blame the players if they don't want to risk their health and have to make, you know, and again, there's no way ever, and this is a total off the rec, off the mark tangent, no athlete should ever make more than teachers and or health workers, doctors, nurses, all of that. That's ridiculous. But nonetheless, they do, they can, that's what they do. Right. Uh, I don't know if they'll take less to risk, to quote, quote, risk their health. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't. I, I want. I want baseball back, but I, I don't know what's going to happen. Um. So the UFC just had their first event, or well, second technically, technically second event with no fans in attendance. Did I, you catch did any not, of that? I heard a Saturday? lot about it though, and then I read something today, and of course it comes out. You know, a couple of days after, after everybody said everybody everything went great, said that uh, the the UFC didn't follow some protocols. And they were kind of flying. I don't remember what the exact quote was, but long story short, they said that they weren't, they did not follow all the protocols they were supposed to. So I, again, I, I, I don't know what the, and then I know there's a NASCAR race Saturday at Darlington with nobody in the stands, which, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. Turn left, turn left all day. Have a blast. <laughs> um, but I, yeah. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think, I think from now on I, until we get a, a way to fix this whole thing. I can't, why can't I think of the word? What's, what's that word you need to fix the, <laughs> the, the, you need a, I don't No. Oh God. Make me think, give me flashbacks of wheel of fortune right now. Um, no, the, when you get a, a, a cure for, it, I can't remember. What's the other vaccine. That's the word. Yeah. There you go. I think, I'll take vaccine. I think until a vaccine comes, there's always going to be the risk of, somebody getting sick again and with people coming in and out of travel for, for sport. Like, I don't know the NBA is talking about coming back and then they're like, well, if there's a positive test, then we'll just have to, you know, players are going to have to be okay with that. Well, no, why would you be okay with that? That's ridiculous. I don't know. <laughs> well, to go back on the, on the UFC thing, yeah. cause I'm, I'm pretty big fight fan. They, I think they had, uh, uh, is a bad look because one of the fighters, had tested positive for, I mean, they took as much precaution as they could, but the, where the bad look comes in yeah. at is uh, Jacare was his name. He he was living in, or, or is living in Orlando, and he informed Dana White that he had been exposed, him and his team had been exposed to someone who had corona. 
and Dana allowed him to still travel from Orlando to Jacksonville and participate in the weigh-ins and, and stay at the hotel. So that part is a bad look for the UFC, but he did, I think he kind of made up for it by pulling that fight off the card completely. Um, but still I, it's real iffy, man. Um, n- nobody's ever nope. been through a pandemic. Like nobody's ever, I mean, with sports, so they don't know what to do. It seems like, played I by mean, ear. honestly, I, I, I'm still in shock of everything that's happened and still happening. I, I feel like it was yesterday when I when I saw the NBA game, you know, when they pulled that, when the whole Dallas Maverick, what was it? I forget the name of the guy, but um, yeah, when Rudy Gobert, right? Uh, Rudy Gobert, um, Rudy Gobert, that deal happened. Like yeah. I remember seeing breaking in, and the NBA suspended its season, like, and from that day on, you know, this whole world has changed, and and I just don't know. I mean, I don't think it'll ever be back to normal, but what is that? Nobody really knows, and and that's kind of what the right. the scary part is. But yeah, I want I want sports back so bad, if for no other so, reason, like I said, just to get everybody's mind off of what's going on and get back. You know, not going to a game is going to suck because that's that's awesome. It's great to go to, to Braves games. I've been to, I've been right. to um, to SunTrust one time. Had really good seats. Had a great time with my son, and just not being able. I I love watching it on TV absolutely because it'll be baseball again and all that. But yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. It's very strange. That's what I was about to ask you is, uh, would you prefer sports coming back, but without fans, or would you just rather them hold off completely? Well, I mean, but, but when is that? I mean, nobody knows that. So, so at the risk yeah, of not exactly, having it for, exactly. you know, two years. Yeah. I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it as I can get it as long as it's safe. And that's kind of what I think everybody's fighting about and fighting with, you know, that whole, I think everybody's fighting with that same question in mind. You know, do we come back and risk having like the NBA, for example, if they come back and a player tests positive, well, then the whole team's going to have to be quarantined. And what do you do? Shut a whole team out of the, just cut them out. You have to. So do you risk coming back and having to shut down after a positive test? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. And I think that's what we're seeing that everybody, all these owners are trying to figure out the, and, and, you know, the people that know what they're talking about regarding this COVID-19, they're trying to figure out whether, it's going to be a, a feasible thing or not. And I just don't know. I wish I had the answer for you. So uh, I just wanted to get your opinion on this one. I have a few friends that are uh, also Eagles fan. Yes, sir. Philly, Philadelphia fly. Eagles fan. What's your opinion? On, <laughs> what's your opinion um, on Jalen Hurts going to the Eagles? I lost my shit when they announced that pick. And, and I'm also one of those guys during the NFL draft, I was watching Twitter, so I stupidly saw it spoiled before the pick actually happened. And one of the beat writers, one of the Philly beat writers said, they uh-huh. took Jalen Hurts, quarterback, Oklahoma. I was like, that's got to be wrong. That can't be. That's a joke. That's just trying to troll people. And sure enough, they took him um, with a couple wide receivers. Denzel Mims was like a wide receiver I wanted the Eagles to get, and he was still on the board. Some really solid defensive players that they needed. And I, you know, to this day, I – I'm the biggest Carson Wentz fan there is. I don't think he's injury prone. I think you know, when you tear your ACL, I mean, that was going to happen one day or another. It didn't matter. It just happened to happen when it did. It was going to happen no matter what, no matter when. Uh, and then last year he got cheap yeah. shotted and knocked out with a concussion. So I don't necessarily call him injury prone, but the facts are he hasn't finished the season in, in three years. So backup quarterback, most popular player on the team in football. That's, that's just a fact. And, Unfortunately, if you need, you know, if you need a good backup, if the Eagles had a capable backup, I'm not talking about a 41-year-old 
you know, Josh McCown, who was coaching high school football in North Carolina until the Eagles called him, you know, he tore his hamstring in the first couple plays that he was in the game and stayed in. And if we had Jalen Hurts then, probably beat the Seahawks in that playoff game. So I love Jalen Hurts, the player. I think, you know, they obviously like him a lot. They obviously think they, you know, they can help, you know, develop him into something. But Carson just signed a $100 million contract. Um, you know, did they did they take him to to take him, you know, to, to develop him and then trade him off for a first or second round pick to another team? I don't know. I don't think so. They're going to use him in, a, in different ways. I, I don't know. I, I'm coming around to the idea more just because he is a good player, and I think he can turn into something good, but they definitely had other needs. But can't argue with Jalen Hurts, the player. He's going to be a good pro. It's just I don't know where he fits right now on the Eagles. I guess we'll see. Uh, like so, I think he he he's obviously going to be a favorite oh, yeah. for uh, Philly special. Oh yeah, for running the Philly special play. Um, so if the NFL season starts on time and uh, it, it's a full length season, who do you have <laughs> well, winning the Super Bowl this I, year? I could beat my Homer Eagle? No, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's going to be so. So here's the thing, though. <laughs> and there's a caveat in all this because even if the season quote unquote starts on time training camp's not going to be the same and all this other stuff isn't going to be the same. And, you know, the, the other stuff that, you know, the, the stuff that's going on now, the mini camps that, that would have been happening, uh, you know, normally in July or whatever, uh, not happening anymore because of this. And they're all, you know, maybe they will, maybe we're jumping the gun a little bit, but a lot of, a lot of teams are going to be behind, behind the eight ball. The good thing about, <coughs> excuse me, the Eagles are, you know, they have no, they have the same coaches in place. You know, the whole NFC East, using them as an example, changed head coaches. Um, you know, Dak Prescott still hasn't gotten paid. He's going to be a pain in the ass. They got Andy Dalton, so that's going to be a big, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I think, um, I think you can't go. I love what the, uh, I love what Tampa's doing. They got, they got an offensive juggernaut. If Brady just, you know, Brady had no weapons in, in the, by the time his time was done there. He can't use yeah. that as an excuse ever again. He's got, he's got you know, <laughs> no, he can't. Not best wide receivers in the game, and 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 uh, Mike Evans and Good and Godwin. He's got Gronk back. They've got a good running game. They got a good tight end. <laughs> They're good, and their defense will be great. And they have a good coach in Bruce Arians. So uh, I I hate to say it, but I think Tampa could be scary if their defense plays. I think they'll score plenty of points. I just don't know about their defense yet. But they, you know, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great year to watch. So I I hope for for entertainment's sake that the season happens on time. You know, um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, well, being a uh, a diehard unfortunate Falcons fan, uh, it was hard to see Tom Brady come to the NFC South. But hopefully, it raises uh, the Falcons' level of play. And um, I mean the the quarterbacks in the NFC South is is ridiculous. You got Breeze, Ryan, and Brady, and uh, Teddy Bridgewater isn't a scrub in my opinion. I think he's pretty good. Yep, not given, a slouch. If he has the right I, I actually pieces. think Carolina was a uh, very underrated. They had a great draft, all defensive draft, which was cool. That's where they needed to bulk up with Weekly, uh, Keekly getting out of there. They got some really good players, and yeah, I mean Bridgewater. He's not flashy, but he does all the things you need a quarterback to do. He does not turn the ball over, and that's what you know. Cam Cam had a uh, exactly. Know, by the way, why that's he the not key. Signed yet? That's ridiculous to me. 
I've heard I had a buddy of mine on my last episode and we kind of briefly went over it. I've heard a lot of talk about uh, Atlanta since Cam being from Atlanta, Atlanta possibly signing Cam to, to push Matt Ryan or see what happens with that. I, I don't want to see that. I just <laughs> – I, I don't. I mean, Cam's great. The last couple of years, Cam can't throw, I, I don't know. and he's a he, uh, so his shoulder. Like I, 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 I exactly. don't know how. I don't know how you can quarterback a team and 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 do like I. I didn't see passes past thirty yards last year by Cam Newton. So I don't know. And yeah, that was that was. I just I don't know. It'd be really. It's going to be really. I thought it was very interesting that Jameis Winston yeah. got signed before Cam, but that's. <laughs> Maybe that LASIK will do. Jay- uh, he's not going to do nothing but ride the bench. Well, Breeze ain't uh, getting any younger, anyway. so God, I mean, I listen. I, I think that was a good spot for him. You know, I think he's eventually going to be the the starting quarterback for New, New Orleans. I think. I think. Uh, I don't believe Taysom Hill's a starting quarterback if we're going to go there. But <laughs> about that, so Taysom Hill is a is a exactly Jack of all yeah, trades. Think, master I, you know, I don't know if Jamison or Jameis Winston's <laughs> the the heir apparent to, to Breeze, but can't hurt learning from that guy. So, Exactly. Um, before I let you go, I want one more yeah. uh, radio-based question to ask you. Uh, what is some advice for someone who wants to be in your position or, or someone like myself who's trying to get the I podcast mean, using, up and running off the ground? Using radio, me as a program director, we're, we're actually in a situation where I'm at in Brunswick where we have an intern there now that um, is trying to learn the ropes, wants to learn everything. I would, I would just say this. If you get your foot in the door uh, or get your foot in the door in the radio station, if that's what your goal is, but get in your door and, and do every possible thing you can, you know, say yes to everything promotions. You're going to start doing promotion stuff and, and just the grunt work, you know, and, and, and listen, it, it's not, I, I started there. I was lucky enough to start, um, doing that stuff too, but doing the fun stuff as well when I was 11 years old. So, I mean, it's, I was in a different situation, but if you get your, if you're lucky enough to get your foot in the door, um, ask to be a part of everything, you might not always get the yes, but always ask, show your willingness to do whatever it takes. Um, but just be patient, you know, um, my situation was different just cause I was, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm so blessed to have happened. Things happen the way they have for me, but uh, always be willing to, to, to say yes, you know, to a point um, always be willing to learn, you know, no, you don't have the answers to everything. Um, but I also like, you know, the interns that I've been a part and been around, of, you know, the ones that I've been around, I like the ones that have ideas and want and don't mind sharing them. Like I said, that doesn't always mean somebody's going to use your idea. But the fact that you're willing and, and you want to put it out there to, to be in the universe is a good thing. That's that's uh, that's my advice. Just keep working hard. Say yes to everything. Um, just be willing to put in grunt work. You know, you're going to have to put the the work in from the bottom and work your way up. But it's such a fun like I again, there's been a lot of heartache with the job losses and it's hard on your family when it happens. But uh, the positives that I've, I've had happen throughout my radio career far outweigh the negatives. And I'm. I'm so happy to have, and I got to say, I'd be remiss if I didn't. My wife, Sarah, is, I I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing without my partner in crime. She's been willing to move wherever we've been, whenever we've had to go. And, and uh, it's not been easy, but she has been with us every step of the way and my kids as well. So um, it's, it's a, it's not a career for the faint of heart. You know, there's going to be times where bad things happen, but 
if you if you want to be in it bad enough and you want to succeed bad enough, you stick with it. And luckily, you have a uh, a group of people at home as your support system that allow you, whether it be a spouse or your kids or whatever. Um, but just just work hard. You know, it's like with anything. You work hard to get what you want, um, and and good things happen. Okay. You're good. I missed this You're one good. last question. I know I'm all over the place, but real quick, um, real quick before you get out of here, if you were a pro baseball player, what position would you play, <laughs> and what would be your um, walk up song? I would, I think I'd have to play first base because I don't have to move a whole bunch. Um, now that's what I played in high school for like. <laughs> a season. So first base and then uh sexy back by Justin Timberlake. He's my boy. I uh I have a I have a severe man crush on that guy. I know you've heard that before, but yeah. Uh if you're listening and can hook up uh the meet and greet with Justin Timberlake for me, I'd appreciate it. He's the one guy I've not met that I would I probably would stutter all over myself if he was standing in front of me right now. I don't get starstruck very often. He would be one that I would uh what I that that it would happen to. So yeah, Justin Timberlake sexy back would be my walk up song. That's awesome. I love it. And if I if I ever bump yeah, into Justin, give my I'll, Facebook I'll sure information. There message go. along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but listen, man, thank you for your time. I really appreciate you coming on here. I know you're busy and uh, and um I just appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk to me. Um we're really looking forward to baseball coming back. We're looking to, yeah, man. We're really looking forward to hearing you at the bananas game. Um, my son loves all the all the noise. The the fat guy, the uh, <laughs> fat guy in the little coat, is my son's favorite thing to uh, hear. That's awesome. He, yeah, he man. Chuckles every the game time he hears it. Please come and see me. I'll be this year. I'm out of the booth and I'm down in the stands amongst the crowd. It's gonna be so great. I cannot wait for that. Oh, yeah! Please that? do, we man. Might, I look forward to seeing you guys have to come again. Pay you, little, you and your little man. Awesome, man. Appreciate it, and have a good day. And uh, uh, I appreciate you, man. You Thanks for having me. And uh, everybody, medicine. watch, listen to this podcast. Listen to all of Bubba's podcasts. He's the man. Hey, Bubba, thank you, buddy. I appreciate you. <laughs> See you, brother.